Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans, and welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to find your podcast. We are a proud member of the Buffalo Rumblings podcast channel. My name is John Boccasino, being joined by my esteemed colleague and co-host, Jamie D'Amico. We are sitting here recapping Buffalo's Week 16 uh, loss to the New England Patriots 24-17, to a game that had all sorts of emotions and drama for Bills fans. And I want to start off, Jamie, the podcast with the following public service announcement. I wanted Buffalo to win, as did all Buffalo Bills fans. I was thoroughly disappointed with the first half, and yet the game was still tied at 10. The Bills had a chance to tie this game up late. They had a four-point lead in Foxborough in the fourth quarter. Those are all fine points. But at no point during the course of this podcast will I utter the following statement. That was a moral victory for the Buffalo Bills because maybe for past teams, for Bills teams that were six, seven, eight wins heading into this stretch, it might be a moral victory to compete and hang with the evil empire of the Patriots. But at this stage of the season, when you know what's at stake and you know the Bills have a chance to win the division title, if, albeit it was a far shot, but the Bills still had a chance to win that division title. There's no moral victory that's going to come away from from me in this game. The Bills played tough. They showed their resiliency, blah, blah, blah. End of the day, Buffalo still ended up coming up seven points short from this game. So for me, Jamie, it kind of, it leaves a very hollow taste in my mouth because for how disappointing the first half was, the second half offered so much hope and so much potential and promise and for it to fall short like it has time and time again, this feeling is very familiar. I agree with you 100%. This is not a moral victory. This is a frustrating loss. This is a game that the Bills were in despite playing terribly and perhaps even being outcoached when it came to the offensive side of the ball. But the good thing is, nothing changed. We know the Patriots were not going to lose to Miami next Sunday. It's That's not going to happen. So what ended up happening? The Bills will finish the season in second place, probably with that very first wild card position. And, well, I wanted them to win too, but this isn't a horrible loss when it comes down to the the effects on the playoff race. Oh, oh, for sure. And, uh, yeah, the Bills are locked into that five seed. They had guaranteed themselves the five seed at worst. And I know that unless Ryan Fitzpatrick delivered the Christmas miracle and knocked off the the Patriots that, you know, the Bills were going to still have a very good chance of finishing runner-up to the Patriots. But it's like when you have a I'm, – I'm a big brother, and I know people out there that, you know, have little brothers always say that, you know, the little brother feels stymied and frustrated whenever they would lose – a video game or lose pickup basketball or whatever contest you have, you feel like your big brother always has the upper hand. And then you get that one victory and the tide starts to turn. It felt like yesterday at Foxborough, there was a moment where the tide was turning. And, you know, again, the Bills are marching downfield. Josh Allen, for as flawed as he was in the first half, and it, not just him, I mean, the entire 
offense was stymied in the first half. Allen only went six of 13 for 62 yards. Devin Singletary only had 34 rushing yards. I don't think he had a single reception or maybe he had one reception in the first half, but the offense was stymied. And yet here we were heading into halftime tied at 10 because of an unbelievable drive to cap the first half. And it was just great to know that, all right, Buffalo had been pushed around, pushed around, pushed around. Tom Brady was 10 for 10 starting off the contest at quarterback. And he looked like a 34 year old version of Brady, not the 43 year old version that we have come to expect these last couple of weeks. And I guess to me, Jamie, the frustrating part is, okay, that's all fine and dandy. The script was set up for Buffalo. And yet again, Buffalo just couldn't find a way to pull this win out. Yeah, it's definitely frustrating on that front. And the other side of it is that they they really got pushed around on the offensive and defensive line. The Patriots came out with a very clear plan on defense, which is to take away Devin Singletary and make Josh Allen beat them long. And lo and behold, he started doing that. Like, Two of the best passes we've ever seen from Josh Allen came in this game, but he was inconsistent. And that is really what led to the downfall is not only was he inconsistent in delivering the ball, but the offensive line got really beat up throughout the entire game. It seemed like the Patriots, when they needed to, were living in the Bills' backfield. And that that's just not going to be a recipe for, for success. And It kind of comes down to this here. I think what we've seen from Buffalo is that they're not quite ready to hang with the big boys yet. They're not quite ready to beat their big brothers. We saw that against the Patriots this year, and we saw that against the Ravens. And and as we all know, and that's a a great point there, Jamie, this this felt like and you heard the commentators, you heard Mike Tirico, one of my favorites in the business, saying that this felt like a playoff game. Stefan Gilmore came out before the game and said that the Patriots were treating this as a playoff game. I have a very good feeling that the Bills treated this as a playoff game, too, because we all know Buffalo, unless they won the division, was going to have to go on the road for that first playoff game. And you're going to play most likely a hostile environment of either Kansas City or Houston. And those are two tough places to play. Playing in Foxborough and getting a chance to slay the dragon that is Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, this game did serve as a perfect warm-up, I feel, for Buffalo moving forward with the playoffs. And uh, you know, it was like a mini playoff game, even though you know Buffalo is not eliminated. Obviously, they're 10-5. and five. Uh, They've secured their first 10-win season since 1999. But I want to go back to one of the points you made about the keys for this game yesterday. At the trenches, you're a thousand percent right. Buffalo lost the battle in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Uh, this player named Lawrence Guy, who I haven't really followed much because I don't really watch many Patriots games, but number 93 in your program, he only finished with three tackles. He had one huge sack of Josh Allen, but it seemed like there were several big plays on third down where if Buffalo tried to go up the middle or if they tried to do something over the middle, Lawrence Guy was there to stuff it up and take up the space and get rid of the play. And this Patriots defensive line really pushed around and manhandled the Bills on the offensive side of things. And that's, of course, before Mitch Morris went down with his injury, which we are hoping and praying that that was not too severe because it was either an ankle or a foot injury. It it did not look good. He needed assistance walking off the field and If you're talking about an offensive line that now has John Feliciano and Spencer Long starting due to injuries with Ty and Shecky 
not sure what his future is yet for the short term. And with Mitch Morris's injury, that that's a big deal. <clears throat> that's a big deal for this offense to be without, you know, their anchor Mitch Morris at the, at the center position. But Jamie, even before that, with Mitch Morris on the field, you're right. We know that Belichick takes away what you do best. And the Bills only ran the ball with Singletary seven times. Now, he was averaging five yards a carry in the first half. I think he had seven for 34. But in the second half, it seemed like they fell back into that predictable script, run the ball on first down, pass it on second, facing a third and long half to go into pass mode again. And I don't know. I would have liked to see more draws with Singletary. I would have liked to see more change of pace counter running plays because I fully believe the Patriots vulnerability on defense is through the middle with the run game and the Bills could not exploit that. They definitely tried to go to the edge and Cody Ford, Quentin Spain were the two that really stood out to me as far as not getting the job done with the blocking. Um, Devin Singletary, he does run best to the outside and I could tell that that's what the Bills were trying to do regularly to get that going. But even going up the middle, it seemed like Mitch Morris was getting pushed backwards too. Being being behind the sticks or second and long is not a good look for this Bills offense. When they get four to five yards on first down, that's when they start moving the chains. You saw it at the end of the game. When they came out and they had to throw, they were getting 10 yards of play. Now, granted, Patriots were in a little bit of a prevent defense there. Notice I said prevent and not prevent. Prevent's not a word. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> I like that, Jamie. It's a it's a grammatical lesson here on the Billy well, podcast. Educate away, my friend. Only only in football do we say prevent instead of prevent, and do we say defense instead of defense? And why is it four down territory instead of using all four downs? My gosh, this is like deep thoughts with Jack Handy out here. Look at you. <laughs> oh, I remember those. They were great. Anyway. I think we have a new segment here on Believe, Deep Thoughts with Jamie D'Amico. But continue, my friend. Okay. Well, I, I'm done with the deep thoughts. But, yeah, I, I, I guess that I've gone as far as I can go with this. I, I derailed myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, buddy, I'll help, I'll help pick up this train and get us back on track a little bit here on Believe. Not a deep thought at all, but... The Patriots on Saturday looked like the 2003, 2004, 2005 Patriots with the power running game. They were determined to come out there and pound the football down Buffalo's throat with Sony Michelle. He averaged 4.6 yards a carry on 21 carries, 96 yards on the game, <clears throat> which those numbers are impressive. But what it stands more for to me are the fact that the Bills – were susceptible to long drives against this New England offense. The Patriots had an 11-play drive, a 17-play 98-yard drive, and they just dominated the Bills in time of possession. And that is not the blueprint that uh, Sean McDermott and Brian Dable want to see happening, um, and Leslie Frazier with this game planning out here, because the Patriots had drives that spanned 70 yards, 91 yards, 54 yards, 77, 98, and 58. That led to a 17-minute time of possession edge for New England. Those are all things that established veteran teams know how to do to control the tempo. And Buffalo couldn't get off the field. You know, I don't know what was up with their tackling and their run defense, especially in the first half. It got better in the second half. The defense did make adjustments, but 
there were how many plays were there when you saw Sony Michelle in the backfield and whether it was Jerry Hughes, whether it was Ed Oliver, whether it was Taron Johnson or Tredavious White, somebody had an opportunity to wrap up and make a big tackle and they just missed way too many tackles and uh, didn't seem to have their proper fundamentals for wrapping up the running game. You're 100% right. The missed tackles were absolutely maddening. And that touchdown that Rex Burke had had when it looked like Lorenzo Alexander just, I, I don't know, what was he doing? Peeling wallpaper? It didn't look like he was trying to tackle him at all. And Burke had bounced off of two tackles in order to make that. That was just so upsetting. We saw Kevin Johnson miss a tackle that led to a big gain. You're not going to beat a good team unless you make the plays you need to make. And that means when you get your arms on a guy, you take him down. You don't let him go for another 20 yards after that or into the end zone. I don't understand what was going on with the fundamentals. Uh, You saw some mental lapses out there. Jordan Poyer got caught in a couple more of those. And the Patriots just had the Bills off balance the entire game. It, It truly looked like they were marching down the field with surgical precision. And people were ready to bury the Patriots. It was like, Tom Brady is washed up. This team isn't very good. Are you kidding me? They went into, they went into the game 11 and 3. They have the second best record or tied for the best record in the AFC. That's not a bad team. That's a very good team. And okay, just because they look vulnerable does not mean they're not what they are. And what they are is the reigning Super Bowl champions that has only lost 3 games so far this year. Are you kidding me? That was this was week 16. And they've only lost three games. This is a very good football team. So where does this take us into the future? Well, that's an interesting question because a friend of mine pointed out, and I thought this was this was actually fairly accurate. The Bills are not going to beat the Patriots twice this year. The Bills may well end up playing the Patriots in the playoffs. Maybe they need to save their win for that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, all of Bill's Mafia would, would celebrate like there was no tomorrow if they could vanquish the Patriots in the uh, the playoffs, which, of course, would not be a first round matchup. It would be most likely um, because the Patriots aren't going to fall to the four seed in the seedings. I don't I don't think with uh, with them now having, you know, 12 wins on the year. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I want to go back to before we talk about the the, you know, the future and moving forward with this. There was one defensive play that I thought was incredibly monumental in this game, and it turned out to be a huge shift for the Bills. And it came when the Patriots like to go for it on fourth down. And there was a fourth and one play late in the second quarter where for one of the few times all game, the Bills actually did make a solid open field tackle. Talented rookie Nikhil Harry got a handoff and uh, Kevin Johnson brought him down for no gain, giving the Bills the ball back one last time in what had been a pretty more abound first half. The Bills were not moving the ball much at all on offense. And at this point, Bills fans were probably thinking, all right, they're going to take a knee. They're going to go into halftime, only down 10 to three and lick their wounds. Josh Allen responded with a fantastic two-minute touchdown drive, including, you talked about this earlier, the beautiful passes we saw from Josh. There were two in particular yesterday that were just textbook throws. One was the perfect lob to Dawson Knox, which originally was reviewed, was which originally was ruled a touchdown, but then they brought it back to the one-yard line. They said his knee was rightfully down at the one, so the Bills had to run one play. They had no timeouts left, I think 10 seconds on the clock. And of course, you ought to know Deion Dawkins with the second career touchdown catch. Unbelievable. The big boy had the orchestrated dance in front of the primetime audience. This guy loves to get him some Deion Dawkins. It was great to see the touchdown play. And the Bills are tied at 10 going into the halftime. From there, the whole game was entirely different because you could just tell that that gave the Bills life. It gave them confidence and mojo. And even though the Patriots did drive downfield and score a field goal, take a 13 to 10 lead, one of the few times the defense of Buffalo clamped down and uh, you know forced a field goal instead of a touchdown when the Patriots were deep in Buffalo territory, the best throw I have seen Josh Allen make, I think in his Bills career, was a 53-yard bomb to John Brown, beating Stephon Gilmore for one of the few times this year. It was a perfect, unbelievable double move to the corner post pass pattern for John Brown. Great touchdown pass. Bills are up 17-13 in Western New York, is in pure euphoria mode at that point. Of course, the Bills end up dropping this game. But to me, Jamie, I loved seeing Josh Allen take his licks and get back up and keep responding. This kid is special. You know, there was a stat that I saw after postgame. Tom Brady didn't make his first NFL start until he was 24 years old. Jim Kelly didn't play in his first playoff game until he was 29 years old. Here, Josh Allen, at the tender age of 23, has guided Buffalo to a 10-win season. He has eight fourth-quarter comebacks, and he just went toe-to-toe in the second half with the GOAT, Tom Brady. To me, you have to be so excited for where this team is headed moving forward. That's a great point. And let's talk about that John Brown pass for a minute. The route that he ran completely turned around Stefan Gilmore. It was gorgeous to watch Gilmore end up running the wrong direction. And the other thing that really made this stand out to me, and it's the same thing with the Dawson Knox touchdown, is we know that We know that Josh Allen does not do well with receivers that are running away from him. 
He's fine when they're going across the field, when they're you know coming back toward him or standing still. It's when they're getting downfield, running away from him. Well, not only were those throws amazing, but with, with the accuracy, but it was also the amount of air he put underneath them to give his receivers an opportunity to adjust to the ball and get under it, as opposed to some of the lasers that he's thrown deep downfield. I mean, it's impressive when you see the ball go 50 yards downfield on a, on a rope, it's pretty incredible, but you have to know when to say when. So back in the day, I was trying to learn how to play drums and one of the things that a young musician does is they overplay. They sit there and they say, oh, now my hands go this fast, so I need to go this fast all the time. And they always say, no, no, you have to play within yourself. We know that you can do these things, but don't do those things. Make it a little bit more simple. And Josh Allen may be figuring that out right now. He has unusual arm strength. But he's learning how to get that under control, and it's going to lead to more of those long touchdowns that they desperately need because the Patriots were begging the Bills to beat them deep. That's, I mean, that's how you beat Josh Allen, right? Well, no. That they weren't winning by making him go deep, they were winning by Josh being a little bit inconsistent and by controlling the line of scrimmage, but he showed the world. He can throw the ball long. Oh, for sure. That was a statement performance. And I want to give Josh Allen some credit again, too, in the second half. As bad as he was in the first half, 6 of 13 for 62 passing yards. In the second half, his numbers were tremendous. He was 7 of 13 for a buck 46, two passing touchdowns. Also had 25 yards rushing, including a huge third down conversion with his legs. There was a play near the goal line where you could have easily called a face mask penalty on one of the Patriots defensive players. Another example of a no call by the, uh, by the referees in Foxborough. And, you know, I, I want to point out real quickly, I, I loved how um, Bruce uh, from uh, the Nick and Nolan podcast had tweeted out there about the clock running after an incomplete pass. And it brought up one of my favorite moments uh, in the game where the Patriots clock operator, I mean, was caught, let's be real, trying to run the clock down when the clock should not have been running. And, and Twitter was was ablaze with this comment. And then the referee comes out there with this pure look of disdain. Please reset the game clock to four minutes and 22 seconds. It was just it was. I took such pleasure in being like, aha, you're caught red-handed. You cannot bleed the clock on an incomplete pass. And there was also a thing where the Bills called a timeout, and then the play clock started running, and they reset that back with the extra 15 seconds. But I digress. Uh, it was It was definitely an entertaining game. Uh, the Bills come up on the short end of the stick by a touchdown, 24 to 17. Cole Beasley, underrated performance, seven catches for 108 yards, his second 100-yard effort in a Bills uniform. The Bills, I think, will hopefully learn a lot from this game when it comes to facing the Patriots. Now, granted, you know we talked a lot about the cover zero blitzes and how much Josh Allen would have to face that on Saturday, and the Patriots really didn't show much of that until the fourth quarter. Um, the last drive, especially, they brought a lot of pressure. Um, I think Deion Dawkins was one of the guys who completely fell down on the fourth down desperation play from the goal line when the Bills needed a touchdown. There was also a chance, Jamie, not to keep going down the hits of near misses, but 
There was a chance for the Bills to tie this game. Dawson Knox in the corner of the end zone, and Josh could not put the ball on a dime, but he was under duress on that play too. So there's a lot of things to take away from this uh, this game. But you know, I think that the playoff atmosphere, getting tested by your bitter rivals, will only serve Buffalo well when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah, what you don't need on a fourth down desperation play is a jailbreak by the offensive line. And three Patriots were bearing down on Josh Allen. And, you know, the crazy thing is Cole Beasley was actually open in the corner. And for a change, there was actually too much air under that pass. But you can't put that one on Josh Allen. The offensive line didn't hold. Oh, yeah, you have three guys bearing down on him. And I liked your use of the word jailbreak. That's exactly what it was out there to end the game. Buffalo Falls to 10 and 5 on the year. Now what this means moving forward, Buffalo again is wrapped into the number 5 seed. The week 17 1 p.m. tilt with the New York Jets uh, should be a healthy dose of Matt Barkley. I don't expect Josh Allen to play any more than a series or two. He shouldn't because it's not worth it um, to, to risk injury to your offensive ace. And, uh, you know, the Bills can use this as a tune-up game, get some experience for some of their Backups. I think what's really going to be key, though, is to see how the offensive line <clears throat> gels, given what happens with Mitch Morris, because that could be one area where Sean McDermott could use this as a vital experience to get his offensive line some more continuity, depending on how serious the injury is. Maybe we really see how a lineup of Spain and Feliciano and Long and Dawkins and Ford uh, will hold up in a game against the Jets, who have a decent uh, pass rush. So that could be a good little learning experience for Buffalo. But the Bills have nothing to play for um, except for pride uh, when they close out the home portion of the regular season. And most likely, uh, it's looking like Buffalo is going to travel to Houston to take on the Texans um, in that wild card game the first weekend in January. Jamie, real quick before we wrap up our podcast here, what do you think about that with uh, the Texans looking like the likely opponent for the wild card game? I think that of all the teams they will have to play, I, I think I'm most comfortable with the Texans because I, I think the defensive scheme that Buffalo used against the Ravens could be a good template to use against the te- the Texans. Uh, they, they've got a very talented, very mobile quarterback. The difference being they have an all-world receiver on the outside in DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to get his. He's a big body. He runs great routes. He has great hands. It's going to be very difficult to slow him down. They've got good receivers, which is something that Baltimore doesn't necessarily have. But I think I I think I like the way the Bills match up against them. Yeah, I do too. The Texans do not have a uh, a world beater defense. The Texans are also a team that struggles in the first round of the uh, the playoffs. Um, they haven't won a, a playoff game in quite some time. I know the Bills haven't either, but I think I would much rather see them going up against. <laughs> I know, I know. It's been since 1996 since the Bills won a playoff yeah, game. Oh, wow. Well, it, you know, it was really funny. I want to throw one more editorial out there before we wrap up our podcast. I have a, a good friend who I went to school with who is a Patriots fan. He works in Buffalo, in the Buffalo media. I'm not going to single him out by saying his name, but you can probably put two and two together by going through my Twitter activity on Saturday afternoon. And I thought it was really funny how offended he was 
that Bills fans were all over the Patriots on Twitter and saying that your time is coming to an end. And like, I thought it was really fun, the good natured trash talking. And he started getting all offended about, oh, the Bills haven't won anything and show some respect to the owner of the Buffalo Bills, Tom Brady. And they got very defensive. And I thought that was really interesting to take a look into the psyche of the Patriots fans who are always on the defensive and always getting assaulted uh, by the media for, you know, let's be honest, their lack of uh, above the board uh, treatment. You know, they're not the most ethically sound franchise. And so I know they're used to getting assaulted verbally and uh, having shots taken at them. I thought it was really funny to watch how fragile their psyche was on Saturday. Yeah. You know, with, with greatness comes disdain and they have been a great, great franchise. Well, they've been a great, great team. They've been a questionable franchise sort of like the Houston Astros, which we're discovering now. And boy, do people get defensive. Wow. You know, I I was telling somebody yesterday that, you know, even doing the podcast, people get really upset when you say certain things. And they they talk about it on the radio up there in Buffalo, which is you have to be careful when it comes to criticizing people's favorite team and the quarterback of that team. Because, you know, Shope and the Bulldog are pretty forthcoming about they need to sort of censor what they say about Josh Allen. Otherwise, people come out with their pitchforks. Interesting how that happens. The mob mentality of the fanatics known as uh, sports fans. It's a fascinating topic. Maybe we'll bring on Robin Mundy from the Mafia Mavens podcast to break down this topic further in the offseason. I think it'd be a fascinating deep dive to do into the, again, psyche of sports fans out there. I know, Bills Mafia, you're hurting. I know you wanted this win. We wanted this win desperately. But let's take a look and not lose sight of the big picture here. The Bills are going to the playoffs for the second time in three years, and they will have another chance to show their fortitude and how far this team has come in the wild card round again against the Houston Texans most likely. Jamie D'Amico, uh, we will not have a chance to uh, to chat before, but I want to wish you and yours a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Festivus. I hope you aired all your grievances in a proper fashion. And, not uh, yet. Hope you- not yet. Do you, do you have the tinsel? Up? Do you have Do you have the pole up? Do you have the uh, the feats of strength coming up later on today? Absolutely. I'm going to Rochester, New York, where our we have a municipal festivus pole in the middle of downtown. They call it the Liberty Pole, but it's a festivus pole. Oh my goodness! What a what a what a what a what a testament to the awesome uh, Frank Costanza holiday. You have the Liberty Pole downtown Rochester all ready to go for the feats of strength. And I can't wait to tell you all the ways in which you've disappointed me this year, sir. <laughs> well, you know, Jamie, I, I I find tinsel distracting, and I think that uh, <laughs> your <laughs> your poll is a great idea. It's a great holiday. If you're if you don't get the references, folks, Seinfeld, Festivus, one of the best episodes they ever put out there unbelievable character and humor. So go check it out. But in all seriousness, Jamie, I know I've probably disappointed you in many ways this year. And I look forward to hearing all about those ways on a future pod. But again, have a great holiday and a Merry Christmas, buddy. Thank you. You too, my friend. And same thing to all of our listeners. And we'll be back after the holidays with a preview podcast of week 17 against the New York Jets here on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast.